the Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Judge Jerry Springer! Oh, 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 thank you, thank you, sit down, sit down, no, thank you. Unbelievable. Oh. Hey, uh, by the way, we've got, we had last week on our show, Nashville Celts, they're yes. from Nashville, Tennessee. They are, are amazing, they're they're really, very, yes. very, you know, high yeah. caliber talent, have, have been on PBS special and uh, performed last week at a place in Cincinnati called they Ludlow Garage. They're, They're really good. very good. Yep. So we beg them, please come back. They've come back. We're going to get them uh, on again tonight, and we're going to ask Jerry to talk about, with all this controversy around the Alabama uh, ruling and the sign bill to cut back abortion almost to virtually no abortion, send doctors right. to jail, blah, blah, blah. So uh, Jerry uh, is going to speak to that issue with a real interesting angle on it. Um, I wanted to mention something to you, Jerry. I was looking at, I'm a real sports fiend, as you are too, and I'm a particular fan of the game of baseball, and I was doing some baseball history research. Yes. And I came upon some information. You're a celebrity and been so for years. And I <laughs> read that uh, you were on a team in Cincinnati at the Jewish Community Center, quite prominent uh, yeah, well, you were pitchers, I recall, in yeah, your well, days in the league? Well, we a lot of times it. they put me out in right field. You were in right field a lot. Yeah. Late in the game. Second base in right field. Gotcha. But you did play. I, I, you I, actually love the game. I love the game. And you, you played a lot as a kid. Yep. Well, I've been back to your neighborhood. We go back oh, well, every that, year. And, that, and I admire your courage. No, we, I, we have a great trip we do every year yep. with our wives, and we always go back to Jerry's old neighborhood. And it is actually very idyllic. There's a little place where you played stickball. Yes. I played stickball as a kid in yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. Played it oh, with either a rubber greatest. ball or a tennis ball yes. and basically you a broomstick. You shaved a tennis ball and a broomstick. Yeah. And a broomstick. Yeah. And, you know, you hit to certain things were first base, second base. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that was great. We had leagues. I mean, we come home no from kidding. school. Yeah, we did. We, and we played back then 154 game schedule. Are you so, serious? Yeah, I didn't so know we, that. Yeah, so we'd write it down. Wait a minute, are you serious? You so actually... we come home from school, and I say, "Oh, good, today I'm playing Milton." <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's, then, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I played Ronnie and played Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. And we played. Yeah. Teams were like one guy. Yeah, one. Yeah, because that's all you needed. Yeah. Because the wall on the wall, you painted the strike zone. Right. And uh, and on our schoolyard. They back then all the uh, and it really is classic New York New York City a fenced in little yeah. parky kind of you know blacktop yeah. and a brick wall oh yeah I can picture it yeah but the, the strike zone which was good for us but back then the schools were heated with coal and there was a a, a metal door where they poured the coal in into the coal that there. metal door became the oh, strike zone perfect so you could hear it if it was a strike because otherwise you're always arguing if oh, you just painted perfect. it you yeah. hear it banging off the Bang, steel that's a strike yeah oh that's that's yeah. amazing i love that 
Because, you know, we were pretty tough guys, so you wouldn't want to get into a fight Oh, in New us. York City. You oh, were New we York were. City badasses. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see that when <laughs> oh, I visited we were your really, neighborhood. Remember the time they spilled the books? Yeah, yeah, knocked God. your books out of your hand. It was yeah. like the gangs. Oh, <laughs> the gangs did that. Yeah, yeah the gangs did Yeah, they knocked York. the books out of, yeah, yeah anyway. Yeah, and you... And you so I, what, yes, your story was what? Oh, no, just a, <laughs> noting that and, and remembering <laughs> remembering that that you befriended Pete Rose, the hit king. Oh yeah, well, yeah, but because he lives here in Cincinnati, and yeah, he, yeah, and it's it's too bad. You're not saying you were at his level of baseball skill, or maybe you are. Are you saying that? I don't know. Maybe you no, are. No, and I think he'd say the same thing <laughs> that he wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> He wasn't at my level. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He definitely was saying he wasn't at your level. No. I think uh, the last day I was better than him was... He was in what, prison. <laughs> no, no, when he was three days old. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah no, I do remember. Yeah. And you actually are good friends with Pete Rose. And uh, back to your days when you were yeah. mayor. Yeah, such. sure. And, he uh, was uh, actually, he uh, and his wife at the time were um, political supporters we nice. did mobile city halls. Yeah. Like we had this van that we took into the neighborhoods, and people would like on Thursday nights, and people would come to the van and say whatever. You problem basically was brought city hall out to where right. they were. That's and, a great idea, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and they would come and say they're having difficulty with the sewer there, or they wanted a stop sign, or yeah. whatever the local problem was. And one day, uh, you know, his wife showed up with the, the kids, Carolyn. Carolyn, right? And uh, they, I forget what the issue was, but that was. Yeah. And that's how I got oh, to know him personally, great. yeah. No, that's very cool. I, I had, you know, I get ideas as a producer. I get, I get these ideas. <laughs> Executive producer. Executive. Well, don't, sometimes I don't, don't like to play yourself, that up, you know. But, uh, and, and I know I, I floated an idea at another show. Yes. I thought it was a good idea. My wife encouraged me to bring it up. And, you know, her advice isn't always perfect. But, and that was that you take this lightly used... Maserati that you have and let it be the podcast car. And that idea didn't go over very well. You, you, you rebuked me on that. Yeah. The Only answer was flat no. Well, because of licensing. Oh, that was it. <laughs> oh, I see. See, I, I can't, uh, you I know, see. it can't and be had, used for commercial oh, purposes. Oh, I see. I'd have to pay for a commercial. <laughs> oh, license. I see. So, well, that, 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 now I'm not so hurt. But, you know, I had ideas, like I had this stupid idea of putting your head on Mount Rushmore with the great leaders of America. That was a dumb idea. But well, how would that ever, you're not a president. Why don't we take a moment and try to think of a time where you had a good idea? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let, we so got, do we have saying, some time? <laughs> okay, everyone just bow your heads and try to think. Yeah. Yeah. Ludlow City bus. It's stupid idea. Stupid idea. Yeah. Mount Rushmore, stupid, stupid idea. idea. A Jerry Springer trio performing a Whispering Beard yeah. Folk Festival. Dumb idea. Was there, was anyone else competing for the job of executive producer? Uh, I mean, did, 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 in other words, were you the only applicant? I, I could, uh, there just wasn't much interest. I just couldn't, uh, yeah. I didn't have time to interview yeah. other people. There was a lot going on at the time. Okay. Uh, but, okay, so, so strike the Maserati. Uh, what about the Bentley? Could that be the podcast car? Uh, no. Do you still have the Fiat 850 Spider? No, that was my first car. Do you that was my first new car. Do you have the, uh, what the hell car was that? The I Lark. told you, that's you how I met Mickey. You've heard that story. Have we ever talked about it? No, how'd you meet Mickey? <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. yeah. No, that was my uh, first car. 
I got By the way, very cool little sports car. It looked great, but it was worth, 69. Yeah, it was uh, it was 1969. Yeah. Yeah. Fiat 850 Spider was like a little MG midget. It was a Fiat but version. But you literally if you leaned your hand on it, it would make a dent. Honestly, yeah. it was tin. Yeah. It was just thin tin. It looked great, but it was and nothing on it worked. Well, you you like, remember uh, the silly things like the window wouldn't work. Or the radio never turned on. There was no heater. I remember once driving it from Columbus to Cincinnati doing some political thing. It was during the winter, and it was freezing. I mean, it was January. There was snow. I was freezing to death. I stopped at a store, and I, but they had these socks with batteries. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember them? socks. Yeah. yeah, and I bought them. <laughs> you had to. I, put, remember, I was literally freezing <laughs> yeah. to death. Well, they, you know, FIAT stands for Fix It Again, Tony. So, right. I mean, you know, that gives you yeah. a hint right there. But, uh, so FIAT, F-I-A-T, is <laughs> Fix It Again, Tony. Yeah, F-I-A-T. <laughs> yeah. Hello, hello, hello. Like Delta is, don't yeah. expect your luggage to arrive. And that, that's right, that's right. By the way, Maria Corelli is on tour, and yes. when we do these on, which we are recording this on a Wednesday night, um, but she will be back uh, next yeah. time we record. Um, I, I wanted to ask you something. This, this controversy that's, we thought in Roe versus Wade, years ago giving women right to choose right. what happens to their own bodies, yep. we thought that was settled law, quote unquote. Yep. And now there's this flurry of state activity, state legislatures in red states, yep. a lot of southern states, of things happening. Alabama's the most glaring one. And there were some protests that happened recently. And if I'm not mistaken, you participated. Yeah, you want to talk about that? Yeah, actually, it, it, was, it was kind of neat. We had last night, as we're recording this today, uh, but yesterday there were... Uh, demonstrations around the country protesting um, Alabama's law and what the Republicans and Trump are threatening to do uh, to Roe versus Wade and a woman's right uh, to choose and uh, the right to choose an abortion if that is something she personally chooses to do for what reason she comes up with. Uh, well, with the news, so we showed, we decided to go to the rally. We, you know, made a contribution, and then we we showed, being you, Mickey and, and me, yeah, okay. my wife and I, and uh, and they encouraged people to make their own signs. So and this, you yeah. did this where? Uh, well, in, in Sarasota, in Sarasota, Florida. So, okay. Uh, so in the afternoon, <laughs> you got a picture. If, if, if well, you know Mickey and me, so. Mickey's sign. We each made up our own sign. They wanted homemade signs. You so actually made, you, Jerry Springer, made, made a, sign. a sign. You got now, like a piece of white Yeah, we went, we went to Staples. We no bought kidding. two whiteboards, and I got this magic marker. Yeah. And, of course, my sign, in about 17 seconds, I had, you know, I, th I think I wrote um, uh, women's body, woman, a woman's body, woman's choice. Okay. You know, with a... Yeah. Little thing in between. Okay. And Mickey, God love her, she measured every letter. Yes. So it'd be in a perfect line, a light yeah. pencil. And it, I mean, it was perfect. Yeah, very artistic. Oh, a half hour, 40 minutes yeah. later, her sign is done. 
Now yeah. we go to the ra rally, and as you know, Mickey is singularly the most private person in the world. Yeah, very just, much so. Just but very principled, but all kidding more aside. More political than I. She oh, is very principled, very political, but rather reserved about all this yes. stuff. She's, yeah. Yes, she's very, I mean, she's really got her, there's nothing about politics that she doesn't know, that, you know, that I know that she doesn't yes. know. So she's, she's really up on it. And, but she doesn't want to be out. I remember when I was running for governor back in yep. 82, she used an assumed name yep. so that people wouldn't know in the campaign that she was my wife. She's just that private. Anyway, so she shows up at the sun. I said, honey, there are going to be people taking pictures. So people came around to take pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey, God love her, stands with his sign in front of her face. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so yeah. every picture. Can we take a picture of you guys? Sure. Sure. And Mickey holds this. <laughs> I swear that's to God. Great. Every And she's laughing and she's that's going great. like this. <laughs> that's great. So that, but anyway, uh, on the serious issue, why we were there, with this new Supreme Court and uh, Kavanaugh, and, uh, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch on it, right-wing groups now believe, of course, that they have a shot at uh, having the court overturn Roe versus Wade almost 50 years later. And uh, which would, uh, you know, if they overturned Roe versus Wade, then all of a sudden it'd be up to individual states to pass whatever laws they want. And as we can see, a lot of states are already passing laws having hope to have it tested by the Supreme Court uh, to ban abortion. And when I say ban abortion, I mean ban abortion because the laws that they're setting up are absurd. Um, you know, the, the heartbeat bills, the six weeks, I think Ohio passed a six-week law where you, the only time you're allowed to have an abortion would be within the first six weeks. Well, of course, most women don't know that they're pregnant within the first six weeks. And uh, so basically you're saying you're not gonna have any abortions. Um, and, and then Alabama passed the most outrageous law of all, uh, which said that uh, it just banned abortions even in cases of rape and incest. And a doctor who performs the abortion can go to prison for up to 99 years. So basically, that's it. Now, what gets me first about such an absurd law is the hypocrisy in it all. Uh, and when the Alabama governor, when she signed it into law, and I, you'll see what I mean by hypocrisy, she made this statement, and I'm going to quote it. As she's signing this ban on abortion into law, she says, this law stands as a powerful testament to Alabamians' deeply held belief that every life is precious, every life is a sacred gift from God. That's the quote. That may very well be that every life is a sacred gift from God. But this is what Alabamians believe? You, you honestly believe every life is a sacred gift from God and then you're perfectly okay to uh, vote for people who say it's okay to rip a baby away from a mother, an immigrant mother trying to cross the border, that it's perfectly okay not to have health care for poor people and poor children, not to have 
uh, housing, early childhood education, not to do anything about poverty, that you don't have any, any qualms about you know, dropping bombs, knowing full well that bombs are going to kill a lot of innocent people. I mean, not just one, a lot of innocent people, children, everything else. I mean, if you're going to start making exceptions, which you might be able to come up with exceptions, like you, you say you support the death penalty. Well, how is every life a precious gift of God? This is what you honestly believe, and you're perfectly okay with the death penalty. And then you'll come back and say, well, that person committed a crime. Okay, once you open that door, then you admit that there are circumstances whereby it's okay to take a human life. And if it's okay for you to decide that this guy's life can be taken, why can't a woman decide that she doesn't want to have a baby? So the hypocrisy with that is just startling. You know, if, 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 you, if you're opposed to abortion, then say you're opposed to abortion. But please don't say it's because you believe every life is sacred because you're not living like you honestly believe it. Too many of those people are basically saying uh, life is sacred until birth. Once you're, once you're born, it's not so sacred anymore. That's what they appear to be saying in terms of how they live, how they vote, what they believe. So be honest with what your beliefs are, and you're entitled to have them. But don't use that as an excuse to tell other people, tell women what they should do with their own bodies. Secondly, the argument we often hear is that, well, um, abortion is like murder. And that, by the way, is the rationale for saying that a doctor that performs an abortion could get up to 99 years in prison. Well, if you're going to say that, and abortion is murder, then how come the woman isn't going to prison for 99 years. Isn't she involved in it too? I mean, if two people conspire to kill a three-year-old child or anybody, you wouldn't say, well, only one has to go to prison. You'd say both people do it. Both people have to go, the same penalty. So you obviously don't really believe it is murder. Otherwise, you wouldn't say, well, no, we're not going to punish the woman. I mean, thank God you're not going to punish the woman. But then recognize how inconsistent your argument is. Again, you're imposing your beliefs on other people based on something you don't really believe. It's hypocrisy. All right. There are many people, and they were at that rally, have some hope that what will ultimately save us is... Uh, Chief Justice John Roberts, not because he's a liberal, but because he's an institutionalist. And he believes, and has been fairly consistent with it, that precedents mean something, that the integrity of the Supreme Court demands that if the Supreme Court rules on a major principle, barring some unbelievable extreme thing like Brown versus Board of Education, where obviously prejudice, you know, or discrimination was inconsistent with being an American, 
or the American ideal, so obviously you had to overturn that. But otherwise, if there is some, it becomes settled law of the land, and people won't have any, there won't be any integrity in the Supreme Court. They will have no faith anymore in, in Supreme Court decisions. It won't mean anything, because the next election, they will just change their mind. So precedence is very important if you're going to have the public believe that the court is above the everyday politicians. So he, based on that, he is unlikely to vote to overturn Roe versus Wade. They may chip away at it, but not overturn the precedent. That is what the hope is, and that it will confirm that there really is a right to privacy. And he says there's 50 years of laws that, of cases that have confirmed that. It's not just Roe versus Wade. It's all the cases like Casey that have come since. So that has become settled law in America. And you know very well if Roe versus Wade gets overturned, there's going to be revolution. I mean, there really will be riots. And they're not just women. People will go crazy. It'll be crazy. And the Supreme Court probably will just, whoa, we don't need to go there. And frankly... Deep down, the Republicans are probably hoping that it doesn't really get overturned because they can say goodbye to their political careers. It's one thing to argue about it, but if you actually take that right away, you know, who doesn't want to run against a Republican then? So they don't really want that stamp on them. You know, use it as a campaign issue, but don't really, really overturn it. The point I'd like to make is this. The right to privacy is not just the last 50 years of case law. The right to privacy is built in to our Constitution. It is the Bill of Rights. The whole concept of the Bill of Rights is the right to privacy because you can't have freedom if you don't have privacy. People can't be free if the government is allowed to know everything you're thinking, control everything you believe, go into your house whenever they, they want, look at your effects whenever they want, force you to incriminate yourself. That's not freedom. The whole Bill of Rights is protection of the individual against government. There's nothing in the Bill of Rights that says you can't commit murder because that's a crime of an individual against another individual. There's nothing in the Bill of Rights which says you can't commit robbery because that's one person committing a crime against someone else. The Bill of Rights is only protection against what the state can do to you. The state can't establish religion. A state can't stop you from speaking out. A state can't force you to, in the Fifth Amendment, to testify against yourself. The state can't break into your house without a warrant in the uh, Fourth Amendment, a search, illegal search and seizures. The state can't put you in prison without a trial, the Sixth Amendment. The state can't force you to house soldiers, the Third Amendment, which no one ever talks about. You see, so the, that concept of privacy is the whole concept of our Constitution and the whole concept of freedom. You can't be free unless people have protection against their own government. And what is more private than a woman's body? If you, 
if you can have a government, and that's what I don't understand about conservatives, all these right-wing conservatives, government's too big. Government should stop telling us what to do. Big government, that's evil. Government doesn't, government can't solve problems. Government is the problem, so said Ronald Reagan. Really? If you believe that, then why is it okay for government to come into your body and say, nope, I'll tell you what to do with that, with that fetus. I'll tell you what to do with your sexuality. I'll tell you what to do with your reproductive system. You know, it's just hypocrisy. It makes no sense. So this fight to make sure Roe versus Wade isn't overturned is not just based on the decision that was made 50 years ago. It is based on a principle that was established by the founding fathers and the founding of our nation. That was a good one, Jerry. All right, we're going to bring up again, second week in a row, Nashville Celts. This they are day. wearing the same outfit. Holy moly. And uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, uh, one member of the band is originally from Ireland, and they, their music is very, very Irish, very uh, British Isles. Uh, Nick is the band leader. I have that right, correct, Nick? And uh, welcome back, Nick. They're great. And we're anxious to hear a couple more songs. And I, w I wanted to mention something to you guys. Uh, I come from Jerry and I both were basically the same age and probably six months older than Jerry. Gene's older. We came, <laughs> came up through the 60s and uh, mid, what, early 60s, got out of high school, were in college in the mid 60s. So had this big folk explosion happen in America. And Pete Seeger, Peter, Paul, and Mary, Bob Dylan, Limelighters, Chad Mitchell Trio, lots of groups. But there was a group among them that was equal to all of them, Tommy Makem and the Clancy Brothers from Ireland. They were right, weren't they, Jerry? Yeah. They were right there. They came to spend a lot of time in America, hung out a lot in Greenwich Village, played a lot of those clubs. And it's been interesting for us to watch the evolution of that Celtic music, and it happened long before then, we were talked about it in the last show, came up right. through Appalachia. Right. Immigrants who came, you know, found the Cumberland Gap, came through Appalachia, eventually moved to places like Norwood, Ohio, Detroit, et cetera, where the jobs were, where the- Chicago. Chicago, where yeah. the big factories were. But now you have some groups, and you guys remind me of this, you're part of this, you're equal to them, Great Big C, from Newfoundland, I don't know if you know that group has oh, yeah. a lot of Celtic uh, oh, yeah. soul to it. Mumford and Sons, mm. bunch of young people from England that have you know playing banjos and fiddles and Jaime and, Leibowitz and the Israelites. There you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wanted a little equal, no, little sure. equal time. You, jump in you all talk among yourselves. <laughs> But it's just cool to see that thread has run through Roots music. And it's not stopping. You guys are an example of it. Well, it's interesting, Jerry. Uh, there's actually uh, a, it's kind of speculative, but there are some people, some historians, that think that one of the ancient tribes of Israel, uh, the missing tribe of Israel, yeah. came to the British Isles 
Interesting. Um, yeah. If you listen to these pipes, there are very similar pipes in the Middle East yes. that, are, that are made with reeds. This is made of goatskin. Which is a drum the, for the, those of you The Irish drum. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. we could be brothers. We're brother <laughs> brothers. <laughs> could, you, could you send me a few dollars? <laughs> brother. I, but I'm Scottish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do a song for yeah. us. What, what are you going to do? What's your first song? Uh, this is called uh, Salt Creek, and we, uh, it's actually a bluegrass number that we do in an Irish style. Okay, here we go. Nashville Celts. Nashville Celts. By the way, you can hear their music on, just go to the interwebs, the NashvilleCelts.com, C-E-L-T-S, the NashvilleCelts.com. Latest album is Sons of Sailors. Uh, I think you have, do you have other albums? You've done other albums before that? Well, it's actually, it's actually our first record. Is it? Uh, okay. With this group. But, okay. Um, yeah, we have a number of other all records. Right. Yeah. And uh, people can hear your music at the usual places all over the internet, you know, iTunes and yeah. et cetera. You can go to NashvilleCelts.com. I okay. think you're, you're as good as we've had here. I'm serious. No, it's true. They, they're they're very, very good. We, we love you guys. Uh, thank you. In the, in the, they're very skilled, very skilled, yeah, very tight. Every one of them, yeah. In its uh, beautiful blend and... Uh, we love it. Do us do another song for us, would you? Right. This is one that uh, uh, that Maggie wrote. 
And, and by the way, before you start, Nick, uh, you got Maggie on vocals as well, and the songwriter, obviously, and on fiddle. Introduce your other two bandmates, would you? Yeah, it's, um, this is Will Clark here. On banjo? Yeah, we call him um, uh, Willem, Willem uh, the Bruce, right? Or is it? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Willem Clark. Rick, Rick. I keep, I, pardon me, it's Rick, Willem and I said, I said Nick. Rick. Yes, yeah. Rick, okay. Yeah, Rick Blair. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, and this is Fia Crosciano Reagan uh, right. on the pipes over there. And from Ireland, yeah, from the west, the of Ireland, west side of Ireland. Yeah, uh, Connemara out in County Galway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Normally, when um, and I'm really showing my ignorance, but it seems to me when people play the bagpipes, they're still it's a reed and they're blowing into it, right? Yeah. No, a- as well as, and you're just doing with your arm. Yeah, the, these, these kind of pipes are Irish bagpipes, and they're called illin pipes, and illin is the Irish word for the elbow. So we're using the elbow here to pump the air into the, the bag. The air through, so... Yeah, and yeah. that way that avoids you don't have the mouth thing. So it still has a reed, like the Scottish Highland pipes that are yes. common, but it's what we call a dry reed, so... Oh, because wow. it's not getting air from, from your lungs, it's getting air from the room, so... Interesting. Yeah. So instead of yeah. blowing into the bag to fill it, you're pumping it basically with your arm, exactly, with your yeah. elbow and yeah. Yeah, forearm, it, yeah. 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 Very cool. All right, what are you going to do, a song that Maggie wrote? Yeah. I think it's a hit.
Maggie, that was outstanding. That was Thank phenomenal. You so much. That's a great That's song, and the harmony on that, guys, is just amazing. Yeah. Uh, These guys are flute? pretty good. Is that, is that... Oh, whistle, we call them, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. is outstanding. What a beautiful Is that on Sons of Sailors? Uh, no, that's a, an original that I recorded quite a few years back um, on an EP of mine, but uh, the Celts have been nice enough to let me sing it and play it. What so. is your last name? Lander, L-A-N-D-E-R. Has that song been picked up by, has anybody covered that? or? No, um, I recorded it a few years ago. I recorded an EP in Nashville. Um, I need to redistribute it. I have an EP out now that's more current, but... Um, that, that is, is really, really you. good. It's just such a beautiful song. Yeah. And thank the, you so much. I'm telling you, the harmony on that is yeah. fantastic. They're wonderful. It wonderful really gentlemen. is good. Thank you. God, we're glad you guys uh, came through here and, and did a couple weeks with us. We love it. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think I should sing now. <laughs> <laughs> when you, you, just, when you heard I'm him just, singing <laughs> Bank City... <laughs> He did Banks of the Ohio earlier. That when, do you, when you know hear, that song? Uh, I, I don't know. Do you know that one, Will? Banks of Ohio? I don't think so. Can you sing it? No, I can't sing it. Uh, okay. Well, Jerry can't either, so... <laughs> yeah. I, don't let that stop you. <laughs> don't let that stop you. I, no, uh, but, but by comparison, we just uh, we John suck. Because John Lennon says we have to rehearse. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. Anyway, take okay. us out on Down by the Riverside. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, here we go. Nashville mm. Kelp. We love these guys. Whoa! Thank you for listening. Check out our website, jerryspringer.com.